Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Obadiah Smith, Jr. I am back, Jim. So glad to have you back, Obadiah. Yes. And we're talking this week in a continuing series here on Viewpoint about what it's like to get out of the box. Do you ever feel like you live in a box? Live in a box, trapped in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I, I don't want to get out of my box, That's honestly, right. because even though I know there's a big world out there, sometimes it just feels better to just cocoon myself in the familiar, the predictable, yes. to hang out with people that I know well or that I've known a long time or who look like me and want to eat like me and do what I like to do. I mean, that's kind of a box, isn't it? Yes. And yet, boy, there's such a big world out there. There's so much to discover. There's so much richness and there's so much of a tapestry that we miss when we limit ourselves to being in a box. I've been reading the Acts of the Apostles this year over and over again. And one thing that strikes me is that in the Acts of the Apostles, which is a history of that first generation of the Christian church, way back after Jesus ascended to heaven in that early years of the Christian movement, that in the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit seems always to be working in people, kind of agitating them and pushing them out of their box, their comfort zone. They, they can't just hang out with the same people. They can't just stay in the same town. They can't just do everything the way they've always done it. Even as they recognize Jesus as Lord, even as they kind of embrace his New Testament ideas, they still are prone to stay in Jerusalem or to stay with their people or just to think it's the gospel for their kind. And yet the Spirit throughout the Apostles is pushing them out, sending them to far places. Sometimes they stay in the same place, but they have to deal with people that are different from their own community. They're forced out of their box. And you know what, Obadiah? As you and I have been talking about this already, it's so clear that you and I come from different boxes. I mean, we're both Americans. Yes. We're both men. Yes. Uh, we have a lot in common. We're both from the West Coast. But anybody that could see this studio right now would say... We're different. There's something different about these guys, and that is... I'm a white guy. And I'm an African-American or a black guy. There you go. And you know what? God made us both as we are. Yes. And God celebrates both of us as we are. I, I really believe that. And yet we have grown up in a world that said, wait a minute, we're not the same. When the truth be told, as two men in a room, I have more in common with you yes. than I would with a white woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're wired yes. as guys are, and that transcends race, that transcends culture. We don't often think of our world that way, though, because we're more prone to look and to see, to hear, according to the box that raised us up. I'm just trying to illustrate that there's so much that we share, and there's so much we can give to each other, and there's so many ways our lives can be better by coming alongside instead of saying separate. Which brings us back at last to this Acts of the Apostles, where we have this dramatic scene where two men who come from vastly different backgrounds, more different than you and I have come from, and how God has mixed them up. And in mixing them up, they actually find truth. It's the story of Peter and Cornelius. It's in Acts chapter 10. And as a setup to our text today, let's just remind our listeners that Cornelius is a Roman centurion. He is a a man of great stature. He has power. He has the command of an elite force of the Roman army. He's stationed in a world that the Romans believe they can repress. He has come from a culture that sees itself as superior to all others. He speaks Latin, which is the language of government and power. He is stationed in Caesarea, which is a Roman capital of that region. He does not have to defer to anyone who is not of a higher rank 
than he is in the Roman army. Otherwise, he is the master of his right. stage. I mean, that's Cornelius. And then we have Peter. Peter's a Jewish man who has seen Jesus. He's the one who saw Jesus rise from the dead. He's seen the miraculous hand of God, and he's Jewish. And the Jews were raised to believe they were all that. They were the single chosen people, and that whatever God did, whatever the miracles were, it was about them and nobody else. And both of them would look at each other as somehow being less than, not equal to. And yet God has answered Cornelius' quest for more. Cornelius has been seeking God, and Peter has been seeking God, and both of them have had the Holy Spirit working in them, and as that Spirit did, the Spirit has brought them together. That's where our story picks up. It's so amazing because neither of them could have imagined, even weeks before these events took place, that they would find themselves in the company of one another. Here we go. This is Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse 34. You take it away there, Obadiah. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what happens throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And Peter continued speaking in this way. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. As you're listening to our program today, you might have a question you want to ask or maybe a comment to share. We just want you to know we're always by the phone, ready to hear from you. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We want to hear from you. I'll give you the number again at the end of the broadcast, but just know this. We're glad you're part of our audience today. Obadiah, you and I have just read through this passage in Acts chapter 10, which describes this remarkable meeting of two men who came from very different boxes. God has upset the apple cart, put them both in the same room. As Peter's walked into the house of Cornelius, he has acknowledged in a part of the scripture we didn't read, but he acknowledges first up, he said, you know what? For people like me, we don't even talk to people like you. We don't come to your house. I don't hang out with people like you, but God is showing me something new. Yes, he is. And Cornelius is hearing it. Yes. And that's where you were picking up the story where he just makes this bold declaration at the front end of his conversation with Cornelius, a man he's not met before. And he said, wow, now I see it. God does not favor anyone. He doesn't play favorites. And did you notice this? In every nation... He who accepts those who fear him and do what is right, God loves. 
In other words, it doesn't matter what nation you come from, it right. doesn't matter what your color, it doesn't matter what your history, your background, your language, your diet, your clothing, none of that counts. What matters is if you fear God, if you acknowledge God, and you do what is right, those things are the entree into the favor and blessing of God. And those are the only two things. And that we sometimes can hear today and think, well, of course, but then that was absolutely groundbreaking. It just had not been proclaimed anywhere by anyone before. Yes, Jim. And we are so thankful that we live in an age where we walk in the light of this truth, but it's still not easy. There's another thing that strikes me about this passage, and Obadiah, notice what Peter's talking about. As he acknowledges God is no respecter of persons, he goes on to tell the story of Jesus. Jesus is the subject. What's, what's he talking about? About God being anointed, being sent to save the world. <laughs> That's right. And he, he just unfolds the whole thing. It's about Jesus. Jesus came. He did. He went about doing good. He was murdered. He came back to life. He's coming again. I mean, the whole thing is there. And what strikes me about that is when Jesus is the subject, barriers come down. Walls are torn down when we start talking about Jesus. You know, I can talk about where I came from. I could tell you about Seattle. I can tell you about all the ways I grew up in my Scandinavian neighborhood. I can tell you about Swedish tea cookies and Ludafisk and all the stuff that was in my world growing up. But that's not going to unite me to you, Obadiah, because you came from Southern California in a neighborhood of African-Americans. Yes, you're My guess is Swedish tea cookies were not on the table. They were not on the table. They were nowhere in the neighborhood. (laughs) Okay. But you had your own stuff going on. Yes. And you could tell me about that. And you know what? I want to hear about that just as you might want to hear about my growing up. But in the end, what's going to bring us together is that one guy who is like no other. That's Jesus. And that's the exciting thing, that there's a common bond and ground that we have in common through Jesus Christ. And, you know, your church may think, well, how do I reach out to the neighborhood that's changing around me? You know, we have a lot of that going on. Yes. Uh, You know, it used to be that there were a lot of uh, congregations of white folk, and then their neighborhood began to change, and people of color moved in, and pretty soon they're surrounded by African Americans, and they're trying to decide what to do, and then they sell and move out to some other part of town where there's more people like them, or, you know. But now the shoe's on the other foot in a lot of places. We've got congregations of African Americans, and now the neighborhood's being changed up, and there are a whole bunch of Hispanics moving in, or Asians, or white folks coming back, or whatever, and then they're trying to decide, do we, I mean, all of us live in a world that's increasingly multicultural. We see people coming and going. But how do I connect? How do I relate? How do I build a bridge? Here's how you build a bridge. Why don't you just bring Jesus into the conversation? Yes. <laughs> let's, yes. let's talk about Simple, him. Simple, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, isn't Jesus the guy who is universal? Yes, he is. Because he speaks about things that all of us care about. I don't care what color you are, but you're worried about your family. I don't care what color you are. You're wrestling with the concept of sin and shame because none of us have done everything right, and everybody knows what it is to be ashamed. Everyone knows what it is to feel guilty, and everyone knows what it is to struggle with pride. I mean, we all have got that going. All of us wonder about the end of time. All of us wonder, is there life after death? All of us wonder, do I have hope? All of us wonder, can I actually make it? Can God know? I mean, all of these questions are universals, and you know what? Jesus is the answer. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, what your neighborhood is. Jesus is the answer, so let's talk about him. And 
Did you catch this? When they started talking about Jesus, that last verse you read, Obadiah, when Jesus is the subject and they are willing to tear down the barriers that the world has placed on them, the Roman and the Jewish guy, both of them thought each was superior to the other till they get to this conversation. And Jesus is now on the table and he's the subject of their common pursuit. What happens? Healing comes. Healing comes. Yes, for all those who are oppressed by the devil. There's healing. And then look at verse 44. The Holy Spirit fell upon them for all those that were listening to the message. <laughs> see, I love this because, you see, we're all, people get all worked up about how I'm going to get that Holy Spirit in here. And if, <laughs> I just, if I just dance a little more or maybe raise my hands or clap no, or, no, or move, no. maybe if I just fast longer, no. maybe I can just discipline myself. Maybe I'll just go out and, and, and do some kind of good works to get that Holy Spirit going. But here we have an illustration where the Holy Spirit came came and shows up, and it wasn't because they were working so hard for it. All they were doing was allowing God to move them together so that they could be humble together, loving each other across all the barriers out of the box and talking about Jesus. And you know who always shows up then? The Holy Holy Spirit Spirit. does. Wow. The Holy Spirit came for all those who were just listening to the message. I mean, even the people who were just in the room listening are touched by the Spirit when this unfolds. You know, maybe many of our churches, maybe many of our individual journeys would have a little bit more spiritual mojo if we were, by intentional design, working to build bridges across our communities, our colors, our nations, and start talking about Jesus you know what I'm going to predict? I'll give you a word of prophecy. The Holy Spirit will yes. be there. Wow. Folks, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what your journey is. I don't know how you grew up or what box has framed you, but I'm telling you, life is found out of that box. Honor and treasure your legacy. Honor and respect the world that raised you up. But no, if that's all you ever know, you will miss so much in life. And that the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ himself is active and engaged wherever people are getting out of the box to engage each other and make Jesus the subject. You can do that too. Take a step with us. Just take the dare. You can do it. Pray with us. Father, I thank you for knowing every one of us listening today and praying today by name. You know exactly who we are. You know, the complexion of our skin, and you know, the history of our days. You know, the families of our origin. You know, the communities in which we have walked. You know, where we've been, where we have chosen not to go, and where we might be. You know, Lord, your will for us. And we, Lord, are just beginning to grasp your love for us. And as we see your love for us, may we always know that that love is not just a favor to us. It is extended to all who will fear you and acknowledge you and seek to do what is right, and so do we. Lord, in doing the right, help us to be the healing balm. Help us to be the bridge across which others even might walk, to unite communities, to explore how people from different backgrounds and different boxes can actually come and stand side by side and learn from each other and give to each other and love each other. It can't be done, Lord, humanly speaking. We just know it can't. But we know that by your spirit and by the presence of your son, Jesus, and when he's in the midst, it will inevitably take place. May we, Lord, not be afraid and take the dare. I pray, Lord, that as a consequence of this prayer today and this broadcast today, there will be some healing and some bridge building and some new life found. 
And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about what we've spoken today, in this world that is torn by so much strife, so many tensions on streets and in neighborhoods across the land, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We want to hear from you. But Obadiah, if they don't want to call up, would prefer to check us out online, what's our web address? cbhviewpoint.org. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. And we're a tribe of many colors and cultures, but we are united in this. We are Christians Broadcasting Hope cbhviewpoint.org, check out the ministry, send us an email, we will reply. Or at the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, please, let us hear from you this week. Obadiah, always glad to be in your company. Thanks for coming alongside. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jim. And we're so glad that you came alongside too. We hope you'll join us again next week. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.